It's Friday, June 18th, the year of our Lord, 2021, broadcasting live from Capitol Hill. Welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. It's going to be a short episode because, yes, it's England football day. The match is on in a couple of hours and... I'm going to have to start hitting the tinnies very soon. (laughs) 3 p.m. England versus Scotland. If you're listening to this afterwards, you know, I'm either in great spirits or much like most England fans are after tournaments like this, weeping, head in hands, several pints in. (laughs) But for now, let's do some news, shall we? Because there is plenty going on. Plenty, plenty going on. And plenty that we're working on over at the National Pulse. I want to thank all of you who are joining as members over at fundrealnews.com. This is a, you know, as as much as we laugh about it and we have, you know, the jokes about the National Pulse Artist Collective and so on and so forth, this is a real movement to decentralize the news, to decorporatize the news. And we're young and we're new and we're experimenting with this. And everyone joining right now is, is, is at the forefront. You are pioneering this moment in time where news moves away from big corporate control and moves back into the hands of ordinary people. So the website is fundrealnews.com. And speaking of real news, let's get to some of the stories that we're dealing with at the moment. Big exclusive right now. Natalie Winters is traveling at the moment. So I'm going to, you have to have to deal with me walking you through this story. But it's a real humdinger. Exclusive. Wuhan lab found all genes to recreate epidemic strain of coronavirus in 2017. In 2017. Let me walk you through this story a little bit here as Natalie Winters reports it. So the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and by the way, you've seen Fauci now in the last couple of days say, hey, I never said that it wasn't from the lab. You know, I just, I'm just, I'm open-minded. You know, last week he was telling us that attacks on him and his theses as they have existed over the past two years, well, actually, as they've existed over the past 30 years, as as you can find out by reading The Village Voice and, and a bunch of other websites that have been critical of Fauci's behavior over the last 30 years in government. But but for the last couple of years, we've been treated to flip-flop day in, day out. And Fauci just never changes. You know, he is, he is consistently inconsistent. And last week, he was telling us, I am the science, right? He was saying, if you criticize me, you are criticizing the science, and the science says this, whatever he was saying at the time. Now, now he goes on television. It's a week later, by the way. It's a it's one week later. And Fauci's out there going, well, of course, you know, I've always been open-minded about these things. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. This is this is who is is supposed to be the chief medical officer, the chief medical advisor. It's just talking and and you know, excuse my language, just total bollocks day in and day out there's no better word for it right it's not even just lies and fabrications and untruths and inconsistency it's bollocks dr fauci talks bollocks hash let's make that into a hashtag okay 
And for those of you that don't know what it means, it's it's balls. It's total and utter balls. It's a very it's a it's a very to the point British expression that we use. If if something is just totally wantonly disbelievable, it's bollocks. All right. If England lose this afternoon, it will be bollocks. But this is what we're hearing right now. But let me take you to the Wuhan Institute of Virology back in 2017. The website Science News reported back then that bats in China carry all the ingredients to make a new SARS virus. Dangerous strains may arise when viral genes mix inside a bat. And the Wuhan lab and the team Xi Li, a Fauci-funded researcher, I will have you know, they cross-posted it to the Wuhan lab's website themselves on November the 30th, 2017. And the operative, the detail you need to know here, and the detail I want you talking to all your friends about over the course of this weekend, when you see your buddies and you're talking about what's in the news and you're talking about the latest conspiracy theories that just so happen to become the truth in six to eight months' time, What's the difference between the truth and conspiracy theory? Six to eight months. Well, it said this. The article said this. Quote, after five years of surveying bats in a cave in southern China's Yunnan province, Zhengli Xi and colleagues discovered 11 new strains of SARS-related viruses in horseshoe bats. Within the strains, the researchers found all the genes to make a SARS coronavirus similar to the epidemic strain, says she. A virologist at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Chinese Academy of Sciences. It goes on, it says, these new strains are more similar to the human version of SARS than they were previously identified than, sorry, than were previously identified bat viruses, says Matthew Freeman, a virologist at the University of Maryland in Baltimore. And the article, which was very recently wiped. Now, why would it be wiped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology's website? But it was very recently wiped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology's website. It also notes that she and her colleagues found that several strains could grow in human cells. By, quote, by analyzing the new virus's complete genetic makeup, she and her colleagues retraced the steps that might have given rise to the original SARS virus. A few spots in the virus's DNA seem particularly prone to rearrangement, so remixing happens often. The study suggests that the recombination between viruses has shaped the evolution of SARS, says Barrick. Barrick. There's that name again, Dr. Ralph Barrick. It's all this one small, close-knit team of people, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, Xi Jingli, of course, Dr. Ralph Barrick, her close collaborator. We talked on the last podcast, All Roads Lead to Zuckerberg. If you haven't listened to that one yet, please go back and make sure you are informed of this information. We talked about how the Zuckerberg Chan Initiative had donated half a million dollars to Dr. Ralph Barrick at UNC Chapel Hill 
this isn't so much conspiracy theory as we've just we've just uncovered this network of people who were acting wildly irresponsibly and of course in Xi Jinping's case doing it on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. So I ask you the question, now that we have all of this information and we know Zuckerberg Chan funds Dr. Ralph Barrick. Barrick's working with Xi Jinping on gain of function. They figure out how to make the epidemic level um, coronavirus back in 2017. And when we report about it, and when we report about Dr. Ralph Barrick, another Facebook-funded operation leads stories, takes our stories down off Facebook. I mean, if that isn't an admission of guilt, I don't know what is. But so let me ask you this question on the back of it all. What are the chances that having identified all of these strains, what Peter Daszak, remember, called deadly strains, real killers, he said, he admitted. We played that on a previous podcast too. I do happen to believe, by the way, that on this issue, the National Pulse, Natalie Winters especially, is is just leading the way by, by a country mile. So let me ask you this. They figure all of this stuff out back in 2017. What are the chances that they just pop it in the fridge and say, right, good discovery, lads. Good job. Let's leave it there. What are the chances of that? Or do you think other experiments were going on? Do you think other gain-of-function experiments were going on? Do you think their arrogance led them to a position whereby they may have been weaponizing a coronavirus against humans. And whether it was deployed intentionally or leaked accidentally. I'm just asking these questions and I know that MSNBC and CNN and all the guys, they don't like questions being asked. They are anti-questions being asked. I understand that. I get it. Believe me. There's nothing I understand more than how evil these state propagandists are that we see popping up onto our televisions every day. But I'm not going to stop asking the questions. And that question is a particularly potent one. What did they do with all of this information from 2017 onwards, with all of this genetic information? Strikes me that that might be the question that Joe Biden should be asking and that the Biden regime should be asking, but do you think we will really get those questions out of a hyper, hyper prostrate towards the Chinese Communist Party Biden? And this is why the burden falls on us. This is why the burden falls on you, ladies and gentlemen, to take this reporting, get it to your your local elected representatives, your statewide elected representatives, your national elected representatives, and demand they take action. You know, we talk about Matt Gates a lot on this show, and I, I would be, I would be, you know, masquerading the truth if I didn't let you, the audience, know that I talk to Matt Gates in his office often. Right, there are lots of people on Capitol Hill that I talk to often, and the Gates team is is one of them. And Gates has issued this letter to the FBI this morning, June the 18th, 2021, letter text to the Honorable Christopher Ray, Federal Bureau of Investigation, 935 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., 20535. 
Director Ray, the letter opens. During our public hearing in the House Judiciary Committee on June the 10th, 2021, I asked you about the FBI's interactions with Dr. Lee Meng Yan. In response, you stated that you cannot comment on ongoing investigations. As a member of the Judiciary Committee with oversight authority over your bureau, I request the FBI to provide me and my colleagues interested in this subject matter with a classified briefing detailing the FBI's interactions with Dr. Yan. I am particularly concerned. The FBI may have mislabeled Dr. Yan as a counterintelligence threat when in reality she was a whistleblower, defector, and fact witness with critical information about the role the Chinese Communist Party had in the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. I expect this classified briefing to take place within two weeks of this request. Please be in touch with my chief of staff to organize this meeting. Sincerely, Matt Gates, Member of Congress. That's how you throw down. That's how you take the fight to the state, to the institutions, to the corrupt political classes, the partisan FBI. And listen, Matt Gates has his fair share of problems right now. It would, it would behoove him to stay quiet, to stay behind the scenes. But that's not what fighters do. That's not what firebrands do. That's not what leaders do. And Matt Gates is taking the fight to the FBI on this very matter because it matters to the world. And we know that it is not going to come out of the Biden regime. It requires external efforts. And I want to get to some reporting that Rasmussen is putting out. Oh, just in eight minutes time as I'm recording this thing. They've allowed me to have a, a wonderful sneak peek preview on this. And I'm pleased to say that the National Pulse is even a sponsor of this national survey of voters, this poll that has been conducted between June the 16th and 17th by Rasmussen Reports and the National Pulse. The questions being, President Joe Biden just completed a week-long trip to Europe that included the G7 summit and a meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. How successful was Biden's European trip? Well, only 44% of likely voters think that Joe Biden's trip was either somewhat successful or very successful. It's 22% each. A 40% total say the trip was either not very successful or not at all successful. And 15% remain unsure. For the first trip of a newly, I won't say elected, let's say selected President of the United States to a G7 summit where Boris Johnson and Carrie Simmons... Oh, that's another one, remember, we talked about first on this podcast back in February. Three podcasts we did on Carrie Simmons and her left-wing influence on the G7. But uh, it's the honeymoon period, right? Joe Biden shouldn't be getting... 44% approval on his first foreign trip. What a disaster. What an utter disaster. You want more from that poll? Let me pull it up here. How would you rate the way 
President Biden is handling foreign policy issues. 25% say excellent. That's your hardcore Democrats. This is of likely voters, by the way. 17% say good. 14% say fair. 5% aren't sure. And 39% say poor. Poor. In the honeymoon period. That's bad. That's really bad. You've seen all of these uh, these co- comments recently about how Kamala Eris is waiting in the wings. How there's this big fight in the White House right now between uh, Ron Klain and Jill Biden on one side and Kamala Eris and her team on the other. Well, she's looking at these numbers, believe me, today. She's looking at National Pulse Rasmussen Reports polling. And she is rubbing her hands with glee. It was ever thus. It was always going to be this way. I'm not tipping the scales in Kamala Harris's favor here. Look at the way he's carrying note cards at the podium to remind himself that he dislikes Donald Trump and Donald Trump's policies. Even though, by the way, the Biden regime is just copycatting in a really, really poor, poor execution. Copycatting many of Donald Trump's own policies. Except no substitutes. There's one more question in this survey that's coming out soon, and I do have to leave you pretty soon because I have to roll. I know we haven't spent much time together today, but we'll do more. We'll do more on Monday. The question is, is is President Biden's handling of foreign policy better or worse than former President Trump's, or is it about the same? Now, 4% say they're not sure, of likely voters. 10% say it's about the same. 42% say it's worse, and just 44%, so just a 2% difference there, say it's better. Now, I would always expect a new incoming president of the United States who has the, the wind of the corporate media class at his back. Remember, any news channel, even Fox, you turn on, apart from One America News and Real America's Voice and sometimes Newsmax. Those are the critical ones. Every single other one, NBC, ABC, CNN, CBS, Newsweek, Daily Beast, Washington Post, New York Times, Variety Magazine, Vanity Fair, the the gamut, the entire infrastructure, the Condé Nast corporate infrastructure, the AT&T corporate infrastructure, the Xfinity, Verizon, all these corporate infrastructures are swinging in. Yahoo News, Facebook, Twitter, swinging in behind Biden the entire time. The whole time. And he can only muster 44, plays 42 in the honeymoon period of his presidency. I, I mean, I cannot even explain for those of you for those of you who are not sort of cephalogically minded. 
who don't study the the day-to-day of numbers and elections and whatever, I cannot even begin to explain to you how damning that is, how awful, how pitiful it really is. Those he should be he should be 60% plus saying better. More, 70. But they're not. What does it tell you? People aren't buying it. People are seeing through it. It's a huge, huge deal. By the way, remember, remember, I want to remind you. I talked, how much did I talk about Carrie Simmons and her influence on Boris Johnson and the G7? It was a lot, right? It was a lot. I want to play you this just in case you hadn't heard it, I'm sure many of you have, of what Boris Johnson actually sounded like at the G7. Uh, of our countries now want us to, to focus on. They want us to be sure that we're beating the pandemic together and discussing how we'll never have a repeat of what we've seen, but also that we're building back better together and, and building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and... Uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that, apart from anything else? So uh, those are some of the objectives that we have before us at, at Carbis Bay. Thank you all. Yeah, how about that? No, thanks. How about that? How about no? <laughs> By the way, how do you <clears throat> build back better is the, uh, is the phrase they use. How do you build back better? in both a more gender-neutral and a more feminine way. That, 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 you, that's not a thing. <laughs> I thought gender neutrality meant there wasn't a feminine way. One more thing I want to play you real quick here is this. I don't know if you saw this story up on the site, ladies and gentlemen, but it's actually the, the penultimate thing I'm going to play you. Uh, it's this uh, Mother Jones reporter, Matthew Phelan, leaving a voicemail on a former Matt Gates staffer's phone. You know, they're going after Gates. They've been going after him for nearly three months now with these false, phony uh, uh, sex trafficking allegations. And the reason I can say they are false, they are false and phony I am a newsman, remember? The reason I can say with conviction that they are false and phony is, number one, to this day, three months in, 90 days into this whole saga, we have not been given one shred of evidence that it is true. And any respectable person would look at that and go, well, they would have come forward by now. Information would have, somebody would have, a name would have, a comment would have, piece of evidence, tape, video, photo, airline ticket, something something but it hasn't so that's number one that's one of the metrics i use is there any evidence to to make a a, i am making a an affirmative decision i'm not saying let's wait and see number two i have bothered to do the digging into the issue myself and i understand that there is no i am confident in my own research that there is no smoking gun there that it is trumped up charges against matt gates And the third part of it is this. It is what the media themselves are saying about this behind closed doors. I have many conversations with left corporate journalists, whether it's on the Morton's Terrace or text message, DM, all of that. Many conversations. And they're saying to me behind the scenes, hey, yeah, there's, there's no fire here. And not least are they saying it because they're listening to their own colleagues in the corporate media and they're listening to clips like this. 
clips like this where the news media routinely embarrass themselves. Again, this is Matthew Phelan. This is Matthew Phelan. I'm a reporter working on a Matt Gates story for Mother Jones. I was hoping to have probably, I would imagine, you would prefer a discreet conversation about some things related to uh, your former boss. Um, essentially, I'm following up on some stories about him being kind of secretly bisexual, occasionally <laughs> hooking up with men, uh, potentially accidentally killing someone when he was an undergrad at FSU and conspiring with his father and some other people to move the body to Jacksonville. And uh, a handful of sex tapes that have been used to blackmail him dating back to his college years. Um, so if you know anything about any of that stuff and you want to talk about it with me, I would greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, um, thank you for listening to this voicemail. I hope it was enjoyable. And I saw you on uh, The Swamp, the HBO documentary, um, which is what reminded me to call you because I sent a LinkedIn message probably over a month ago. Um, my number is that number again is thanks very much hope to hear from you God bless psycho psycho listen to the listen to the intonation in that man's voice listen to the inflection you know, this is Matthew Phelan. I'm calling from other Jones. I'm calling to tell you Matt Gates murdered someone. I sent you a message on LinkedIn two months ago. I mean, that is the that is the voice of a sociopath. Okay, that is someone who is unhinged, mentally unwell, maybe doesn't know it, but needs real help and is on the reporting beat about a very serious topic and is leaving these messages and attempting to intimidate former staffers to come forward and either make up stories or, or, or falsely corroborate made-up stories. And it's extraordinary. You know, John Solomon did a podcast with Gates the other day and, and he read out a bunch of these text messages that people around Gates have received. Some of them even say, hey, I know you were in the room when people were taking cocaine. I will leave your name out of the reporting if you just confirm that with us. Well, um, what is that? Bribery? Is that blackmail? Strong-arming? Is it coercion? Is it harassment? Is it intimidation? It's basically all of the above. Ladies and gentlemen, the American news media. Absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. And this is this is what the right has to deal with. You know, these are the types of things that, that occur. These are the types of smears that no doubt one day will be leveled at my door and your door and everybody who gets involved. But it's it, you can't you can't um Oh, look at this. My uh I was trying to play you one more thing and my browser just decided to full on crash. So that's nice. Um 
What was I going to say? So you, you can't back down. They're coming for you anyway, right? Certainly coming for me anyway. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Um, I want to play you one more thing, just as uh, by way of cheering you up. Um, I heard this the other day, and it really, uh, it really tickled me. And I thought I would just use it to play, uh, to play us out here today. So I want to say thank you again to all of the new members who have joined up. I got another member call this afternoon. Uh, that I'll be doing a one-on-one. If you join up as a lifetime member, you get a one-on-one conversation with me. Usually, you know, we try and keep it about 20 minutes, or at least that's how long we set the call for, but they usually go over an hour. Um, just because the new members have so much to say to me. I have so much to say to them. I love getting to know real people out there in the real country. Uh, Believe me, it is a, a... it's just a welcome change from Washington, D.C. in my life. I was honored to be able to go down to Charleston the other day and then Wilmington, North Carolina for a couple of events with friends who are getting married and and just had had just an amazing time getting out of this hellhole that is Washington, D.C. So if you have a way to get me outside of Washington, D.C., please just just hit me up. I'm I'm always game. I want to thank our members, our new members, Marie, Leslie, Michael, Gary, Matthew, Janet, uh, Allison, Wendy, Angela, uh, Pamela, George, Joe, Jean, Joseph, Jan, Lewis, Jerry, Kirk, Carl, Joan. Gosh, this has been a lot in the last couple of days. Denise, Janet, Kevin, Leland, Anna, David, Rachel, Kellen, Sean, Jody, Eve, Becky, Emily, Nancy, Howard, Karen, Lisa, Carol, Rusty, and Aubrey. I'm incredibly grateful. Oh, this is what I want to play you. Uh, messed the, messed the intro up there a little bit, but this is our this is our out music today. I thank you for tuning in. I hope the news means something to you. That Rasmussen story is going to be up on the Rasmussen website. Please go there. Make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. It'll be up on the nationalpulse.com. Fundrealnews.com is the URL. Enjoy and enjoy your weekend. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. China.
true journalism with exclusive investigative stories. And join our growing community of patriots, also known as the National Post Artist Collective. Not at all. It comes from China. 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 China.